Hello, everybody. Welcome to another PropTech Ramble Live. Uh, to those watching uh, from Unisu, uh, Simpatico, and YouTube, thanks very much for joining us. Today's topic is all about the facility services industry, and I am lucky enough to have with me today Jill Fry, the President and CEO of Cummings Facility Services. Jill, thank you very much for joining us uh, on the PropTech Ramble. It's uh, great to have you here. Thank you, Michael. It's such a joy. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you to your team, your staff, everybody that's helping. Uh, it's just such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Jill. Uh, we met not long ago, but we have got a lot in common and you are trying to do what we're trying to do in the facility service space. Can you tell us a little bit about Cummings Facility Services and company and who you are and what you guys do? Sure, sure. So I'm Jill Fry. And I could tell you all day long funny stories, um, but I'm going to keep it short and sweet because I know we all have things to do and places to go. But uh, my father and mother started a company, Cummins, Cummins Building Maintenance, in uh, 1972, and they ran the company. My dad went out at night. My mom did the books, yada, yada, yada. And then I went off to college, graduated, came back home, and they said, hey, we're going to go on a trip. I said, all right, that's great. You paid for my college. I'll, I'll mine the shop for you uh, for a week while you're gone. And I had studied uh, communications and broadcasting. I had this big dream of becoming, you know, the top CNN or uh, Fox news anchor. And I had all these wild aspirations of what did I wanted to do with my life. So they went off on their trip and I worked the shop for a week and everything was fine. And they called back and they said, hey, um, our flight got delayed and we're not going to come home. We bought beachfront property really cheap and we're just going to stay here and just build our life in <laughs> Honduras. And I thought, okay. So this was my first job um, out of college. I had 15 employees. We did business in one town at the time. And then today we have over um, a thousand employees. We are national and so we've really expanded the business. I changed the name because everybody thought we were a construction company. So yeah. I changed it to Cummins Facility Services uh, based on all of the facilities within a building. Yeah. So that's that's my gig. I, I kind of I had to give up on some dreams of being an anchor and, you know, having my, <laughs> my day in the light. And um, I'm a janitor. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say you're a janitor. I, from what you guys do in the discussions we've already had over the last few weeks is you are, you've done your mum and dad proud, obviously, but where you're taking Cummings and what you want to do with the industry, people need to be, some people are running at it and some people need to be dragged into it. So you're pulling everyone along with you. So it's, it, it's awesome. I think what you've done is amazing. And when we first met, you said you're a very small facilities management company. In the UK, you would be the biggest by a long way. Well, <laughs> so. I should move to the UK then. <laughs> no, not the weather sucks, Joe. The weather sucks. <laughs> People are great. The weather sucks. Uh, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend it. Flor Florida, where you are now, is much better. I lived in Miami, as you know, for a little while. So, yeah. so yeah, no, it's, it's great to have you on the show. I know you're a busy lady. We will get cracking on the questions. Uh, if anyone has any questions they want to fire off at Jill or myself coming through, please put them in the in the chat and we can get them answered. But Jill, but based on what you've just said, the first question is very uh, pertinent. Is You've been in the facility industry for more than 25 years. Where does your passion for facilities and service management come from? I, I know part of that is because mum and dad left on a holiday and never came back and you 
kind of had to be passionate about it but you you are passionate you're you know you're the chairman chairman or chairwoman of of fds and you're pulling the industry along you know where, where does your passion come from for this thanks for the question michael i think our our industry has the best people in the world i they care so much about the industry about their clients about the building they are angels and my employees I've always worked to make sure they had a job and I could see the transitions within the industry. It went from a regional janitorial company to a um, multi-regional to a national. And I knew I had to compete in those different uh, sectors for my employees to still work for me. So I have, I have an employee that's been with me for 38 years. He's our longest uh, employee. He's fantastic. Um, He's just great. His name is Gene King. I talk about him all the time. And but we have other employees that made me baby blankets, right, for my kids that are still with me, that they depend on me. Their family depends on me. And what I have to do is figure out how I can maintain my business and grow it so I can continue to employ them. They are my why every single day. I love them. They make me look good. They they work hard. They're just amazing people. And I couldn't be more grateful or blessed to have them in my world. And I call them my family and they know that. And, and that's my why is how can I make sure that I can take care of them and they can take care of their family? Cause that's all they want to do. In my opinion, every janitor out there, every service performer wants to do a good job. They want to do the best job they can possibly do. And it's oftentimes a thankless job. And, and so I'm the bigger supporter to say, hey, I know you can do this. I know we're out there. How can I make your life easier? And um, so that's my why. It, it's my job to figure out how I can transform our company to be the best company in the industry. Yeah. Okay. That's that's a pretty bloody good answer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it is about people. You should help others because you can, right? It's it's something I say. So. And, and everyone we've spoken to in your team, and I haven't spoken to everyone yet because you've got a lot of employees, but everyone I've spoken to, they love working at Cummings. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I understand. Uh, so n- next question, what, what can you tell us about what is happening currently in the industry? And this is kind of where we met, right, and what we're, what we're talking about and what you're trying to do. So, so what can you tell us what's currently happening in the industry? So it's a really great question. Uh, There's a lot going on, right? I like to say what 9-11 did for security, code is doing for facilities. Uh, There's a new world out there. How are we going to how are we going to tackle that world? How are we going to make sure that we're going to be on top of our game? Right. COVID is all about uh, disinfection, air quality. How are we going to make sure that we have no more COVID or the next flu or the next pandemic or whatever that is like that's our new job right getting rid of that making sure that people come into a building and their building is safe and secure and yep. the visitors are safe and you know the employees can do their job and, and work safely um so that's our challenge um and there's a lot involved in that so i was actually in an airport a sunday and uh, i was in this really fancy lounge and this lady came up and sat down and she was irate and I overheard her conversation because she was very loud and she had gone to the bathroom and she sat down and there was no toilet paper and she was beside herself. So she figured out what to do, got out of the bathroom, went to management and said, there's no toilet paper. What? What? Go fix the toilet paper. And the management got upset with her and thought, 
oh, well, there's another bathroom. Go use the other bathroom. And she's like, I don't need to use the bathroom anymore. So then she was upset because she didn't feel like they handled her complaint well. Yeah. And this poor manager's running around this lounge, right? How many people are coming in? I need to make sure the scrambled eggs are filled, right? Do we have enough champagne? And oh, we're out of toilet paper and we've all been there. But we need to get to a world where we have, like I said, people want to do a good job. If they know what to do, they will take care of it. If we had an alert on that toilet paper roll to say, hey, bathroom number two, the stall number two needed toilet paper. Let's go refill that. It would have been done. Yeah. So that's that's what I see the future. There's got to be dynamic SOWs. There's got to be a cleaning on demand. There's got to be evidence-based cleaning, right? Our cleaners used to just appear at night. Nobody wanted to see them and they would get everything done. And yeah. now it's more important to see the cleaner, to see that they're getting the disinfection done. They're hitting the high points, the touch points, and there's toilet paper, right? And it's just something that someone gets a notification on their phone of, hey, I need toilet paper in stall number two. And oh, by the way, you had your package delivered to your door, right? I mean, we get all these notifications. Why don't we just stick another one in there about toilet paper? Yeah. So as you can tell, Michael, I'm so passionate about that because I don't want anyone to run out of toilet paper. <laughs> it is. It, we're working with a landlord in the UK, uh, been a, a, a customer of ours years ago, and they've, they've become a customer again literally today. So a good day. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. And the, the biggest complaint they have in all of their buildings, they have over 300. There's a lady there called Bev. She's a lovely lady. She said the biggest complaint they have is toilet paper and hand towels running out. Yeah. So, and and for the, the same thing, right? Now with technology, you can stick a sensor in, and you can get an alert, Jill, and you can you can make that customer experience much better for not a lot of money. Right. You can make your team's life a bit easier, and the customer's experience a little bit better. And then there's no shouting and there's no grumpiness, and they they you know we can move forward. But yeah, in the facility sector. The bathrooms are the number one part of a building that has to be cleaned. It has to be stocked. It has to be disinfected. The number one part of, of a whole entire building. And you know, nine times out of 10, when you're running out of toilet paper, it's the CEO that's not having it. I don't know why, but that's <laughs> the case. The C-suite runs out of toilet paper more than anybody I know. <laughs> but anyway. There might, there might be something in that, but we'll not go there. <laughs> right. Uh, it's but it your COVID has changed many industries. I think you know it, it, like the, the space we're in. You're 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 in pure facility services at the moment. I know you'll given what your plans are, you will get out of that space and go into the smart building space as well. At, and it has changed things for people. You're right. Cleaners cleaners never used to be seen. Now people want to see that toilets are being cleaned. And the smart cleaning piece, which we're also you know. One of the other reasons we get on so well is what you want to do and what we do and how we can all change the world. But that that is important. You know, COVID has changed things and COVID will help us reduce operating costs, but provide a better experience for people using facilities. And that, that can only be a good thing. Right. I'm seeing a really big push right now for day cleaning. Right. Um, yeah. That used to be something of a trend about 10 years ago. But with day cleaning, the employees are going to see that cleaner come in, clean the facility, empty the trash during the day, right? Then you can shut that building down at night. You can save electricity. You can save all kinds of power consumption. And there's no one in the building, right? Security, 
is even yeah. a bigger impact on that as well. So I think we're going to really start to see some, some shifts. Transparency is going to be key. Um, I'm predicting in about four years, it's going to be pay on demand for whatever you need in the building. That's what I think is going to happen, but I hope not a lot of people hear this because that's really a (laughs) business model. Um, But that's, you know, I think it's going to be because based on people working from home, we've got to have those people counters in a building, right? We've got to understand what that building looks like for food consumption, for energy consumption, for how much uh, day labor that you're going to need to take care of that facility, um, stocking, cleaning, all of that. Um, And then, of course, you're going to get into AI with, you know, who shows up uh, the Friday after payroll or the Friday of payroll, who shows up, you know, the Monday after holidays. There's going to be a lot of really interesting um, data that comes out of all of that. So then you're going to be able to predict the usage of a building. Yeah, I, I agree. And one of the interesting things you said there beyond the, the smart cleaning piece, which is hugely important and will help reduce operating costs. The restaurant one and the food one is really interesting. So we, we've we done an install for a, for a large US investment bank and we did the smart cleaning piece. Then we did the restaurants for them just to see how many people were coming. So the people that were in the building, how many of them, because this was COVID back to work, how many of them actually went up to the restaurant and ate food and then came back down to the floor as, a, as opposed to going out of the building or bringing their own food. And that, uh, uh, that's what it was for. So number one, that was what it bought. Num- but the output of that was that the chefs in the kitchen said, what are these things? And we're like, well, we're counting people in and out. And they said, oh, great. Can I have that data? Because then I can work out how much food I need on, uh, after knowing. So a sensor that was built to count people in and out of a building to see how busy the building is or how busy a floor is to tell someone how much space they actually need chucking it in a restaurant as you said then helps them understand how much food they actually need to order they you know they can't do it overnight they need about three months worth of data generally or maybe a little bit more but there's there's a cost saving there so so the sensor costs x you know the, the platform costs y but the the savings and if we're talking about esg and csr and sustainability that sensor is worth its weight in gold because the chefs that food wastage goes down the supply chain may not be as happy because they're not buying as much chicken or fruit or veg as they used to, but that should help everybody and everyone should be happy in that. And the customer especially is like, tick my box, less food wastage, helping the planet, helping sustainability and and reducing my costs at the same time. So, right. yeah. So right now we're doing a case study in a facility at a global headquarters uh, that we take care of. And they've said it's there's 3000 people in the building and they've said, come back to work at your leisure. We don't, we don't mind when come back whenever you'd like. So what does that mean for us? Right? Like how do we know how many people to stock in the bathrooms? How many people are going to need right their 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 uh, trash can dispensed? How much floor is going to be? We have no idea. So that's where we're basing those people counters, right? So we're stacking that data now. So we have trash can, um, sensors to know when the trash can is full. We have the toilet paper, paper towel, soap dispensers, people counters in the bathroom. Uh, and then we also have um, the floor machines. So we're gathering that data to understand um, where the battery levels are, which floors we've already uh, cleaned. Um, and so, okay. yeah, so it's fantastic. And I've looked really, really hard for this um, a, a platform, right? Because uh, if I have all this data, I don't want to have to go to all these different apps 
right, to figure out. So I need to figure out how to get all of that data on one platform. So there's this agnostic platform, um, Facilities Insight, that we started to utilize. I'm so excited about it. And so that's really helping us. Um, our cleaners are so happy because they have one app that they go to, they can look at it, and they know exactly what's going on in their building. Um, and, and that's utilizing the F, uh, Facility Data Standard app. Yes. Um, and I'm sorry, not app, but API yep. uh, to make sure that all that communication speaks to each other. So it's coming. Like that's the <laughs> end goal, right? Like that's it. That's what we're looking for. And um, so I'm very excited and I feel like there's light at the end of the tunnel. Like I want a building to talk to me. I want it to yeah. tell me what it's got going on, when it's hot, when it's cold, when it's when it's leaking water, right? So it's no surprise. Yeah. Um and, and I think that's the future. That's the transparency. And I, I hope that that people believe me. I know that there was a, um, I was just talking to a guy on the phone. And he's like, yeah, we just don't really think that's going to happen in the next three to four years. You know, we just, we don't think digitalization is just going to affect our industry. And we're just going to kind of sit back and wait for it to happen. I don't think that's the approach that you take. That's my opinion. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. <laughs> yeah. I agree. But I, I think there are some people that are like, yeah, there's no way this is going to take flight. You know, it's going to be same old, same old. We're just going to go back to the way things were. But I really do think we just need to really think about it and, and see the great opportunities and the great world that we can tr um, translate and, and produce. And, and, and if we have all that... Um, translucent data, if we have all that data that we can see every day, right? How can we make that world a better place? And how can we make it cleaner and better and have people live longer lives and just not be as sick? It's, there's a really good end goal at the end of this. And I, not that I'm grateful for COVID, I'm, but I'm grateful that it brought out the deficiencies that we found that we have Cleaning is important. The people that clean are important. The people that disinfect are important. How do we measure that? How do we make sure that we know that we can show that to employees and clients and buildings and and make the world a better place? So. Yeah, I agree. And, and what is the saying? Necessity is the mother of all inventions, right? So right. This, 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 is, this has happened and we need to change. So, right. so yeah. you, you've mentioned something and I mentioned it before, Jill, at the start. This is not a question, but it's something I do want to talk to you about because you, you are part of this is... Uh, FDS, Facility Data Standard. So yeah. standardizing the industry, can you just, just for people who don't know, and I didn't know until we met what Facility Data Standard was, but could you just give people a bit of an overview of what it is and, and, and what, you, what, you're, what you're doing as a team? Yeah, thanks, Michael. That's a really great question. Um, so Facility Data Standard is a consortium. And it's a global consortium of creating standards within the whole globe um, of what does it mean when a dispenser is empty? What does it mean when a dis dispenser is full? Um, what does it mean when a floor machine runs? What does it mean when a floor machine battery is empty? Because all different countries have different standards. And if we can operate on the same standard, then we are all on the same page and then we understand. For me to say, um, the lady from the bathroom that ran out of toilet paper, that dispenser was empty. It was yeah. completely empty, right? 
nobody can shudder that. Nobody can challenge that. Yeah. But if it's if it's a thumbnail, is that maybe a standard that might be considered empty? So then we would have time to refill it. So it's really creating, it's taking the leaders in those sectors and um, in the leaders within the companies and combining them and saying, okay, how do we make a standard here? How do we all speak the same language? So we've been working really hard on the machines, um, the mobile machines. So we've got Tenant, um, Nilfisk, and Karcher all working together for the last year and a half, creating standards, um, which I think that all three of those companies working together makes me so, so proud just in itself. Um, so I'd like to say thank you to those three companies for working so hard and um, and being transparent, understanding that we do need a standard. We do need to be able to speak the same language and then creating that API that's going to connect that information. So if you have a Karcher machine, a Nilfisk machine or a tenant machine, you don't have to go to a different app. Right. You can all you can be on that same app and understand what's going with your going on with your tenant machine or your Karcher machine or your Nilfisk machine or any machine for that matter. Right. Yeah. It's just these three players in the industry created the standards of what does it mean for a machine to run? What is it? So we're, we started at the at the bottom. So we created that foundation so we could have that global standard that everybody could look at and say, oh, this is the definition of empty, or this is the definition of a, a yeah. battery that needs some attention. Um, so then so, you, you, oh, go ahead. No, 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 so I'll just to get it. So it's just, it's not as simple as this, but actually the simplicity of it is is fantastic, right? It's, it's almost like a global naming convention across yeah. any, like you said, Karcher and, and Tenet and the others. When em this is empty, this is what this means. And when you get this through your API, that means empty. It doesn't matter who it is. So, so a global standardized naming convention for everyone in the facilities industry. And, and it's 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 needed. It's needed, and it's always been needed because you know there was SIP, which is a, a telephone technology uh, protocol, and everyone's SIP was different. No one's SIP played with anyone else's SIP. So, standardization, I think, is key. So. Being able to do that, especially in different countries where there's different languages, if you've got the same naming convention in, in a different country with a different language, if the pro, if the naming convention is the same, then you don't have to try and figure out a conversion or anything. That's that that's 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 be, that'd be quite powerful for companies with global customers. Right, and and then you're going to find out in a building that's going to make your building be able to speak to other buildings. Right. If you have a multiple campus or something like that, yeah. um, it, this is just going to just make that whole circle complete. Right. And and then you're going to get into uh, the automation of the building in terms of HVAC and, um, you know, the, the, the then the lines and if it's a manufacturing facility or not. And it, it, there's just so many opportunities of. Of, of bringing that building. And what I love is that facilities is considered part of the building before just cleaning, right? Nobody wanted to know. <laughs> now yeah. they want to know. And I'm so happy about that, right? I'm so thrilled that we've made the map, right? We get to be standard and we get to have that standardization. And Michael, I can't tell you how many companies have said, oh my gosh, this is great. Thank yeah. you so much for doing this. This is amazing. And I believe we're taking the industry and we're really we're, we're bringing it up, we're rising it up and we're saying, you know, what we do is super important. And now because of COVID, people want to see things cleaned and disinfected and they want proof of that, right? How do we know that that's happening? Um, so I, 
again, I'm not saying COVID was a good thing, but I'm trying to look at the positives of COVID yeah. and yeah. how that's affected our lives. And, and, and I hope that we can learn from it and get become better, become a, you know, really look at the cleaning industry and the disinfection industry and say, yeah, that's really needed. Right. And I just spoke with um, a young lady in India and they have um, a three-year course project that they're putting college together um, for cleaners. It's three years and it's uh, three sectors and it teaches a person how to become a cleaner, how to become a manager. And um, digitalization is part of that. So FDS is part of that um, college curriculum. Um, In India, which as we all know is so important right now with disinfection and cleaning. So, you know, maybe we're taking those third world countries and we're bringing up their hygiene levels as well, um, which is fantastic. So I really am just empowered by all of this great, I know it's a tough spotlight that we have on cleaning right now and disinfection and uh, it's a lot of a lot of stuff going on with it, but it's good. And I think it's going to continue. I hope that maybe we can get some kind of OSHA regulations or some kind of regulations with cleaning. I don't know if that's cleaning and disinfection. I don't know if that's the next step or not, but I think there'll be something that comes out of it, especially with all these variants and, and changes with um, the pandemic. So, um, I'm sorry. So FDS. Yeah. So the question was about FDS and how, how, it, um, as you can tell, I, it, it's become a, a big passion of mine. And uh, we've got a global board that I'm so excited about. And Daniel Messer, just he is our president and he does so much and he is just wonderful. And our whole board, everybody that works um, in FDS, on FDS, I'm so grateful for them. It's just, it's, they've really taken us by leaps and bounds. So it's been really fun. So thank you. No, that's all right. I, I, I'm someone who has operated, who's run operations for many years and has slight OCD, that, that standards are a good thing and, and standard naming conventions are a good thing. So yeah, I, it's, I, hopefully, and, and you're, am I correct? You're in Germany at some point in the future talking about this as well? Yes. Um, in September, um, there's an event, but I don't know. I, I just heard it might just become very small or might okay. get because of, because of further lockdowns and COVID. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, but there'll be some new publications and BACnet did a great story with FDS. BACnet is a, a partner um, that we work together. Oh, um, I saw that. I read that. I read that a while ago, actually. Yeah. 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 So they have been such a, a positive and, and, and just wonderful. Um, they've just opened up their wings and just kind of taken us under their wing and just said, OK, go here and um, do this. And they, we've done a couple podcasts together and uh, webinars, the future of smart buildings and things. So to have BACnet support, um, we're working with the VDMA as well in Germany, and they are just a fantastic group. And uh, I couldn't be luckier to have this just really take off and, and get accepted. And, and people see it as this is what's going to be the future in the next three to five years, right? This, yeah. we have to have this and we have to bring our, our industry up. It's, it's us that's going to bring our industry up. And, and I want to do that. I mean, that's the important thing that we can do. And that's our, our goal. And I think that's our job, our duty. So. Okay. But thanks Michael for asking. No, that's all right. It's it, again, it's something I'm interested in as well. So it's, it's, 
yeah, it's people should know about it. Thank you. Uh, so we've kind of covered some of this off, uh, Jill, this other question and some of the things we've been talking about, but I'm, I'm, I'll ask it is smart technology is becoming more and more accessible. How important is the need for data in the future? And I think partly we've covered that off earlier, but you were talking about the requirement to know when that toilet paper is going to run out, not when there's none left and someone's not happy sitting on the toilet. Right. So, you know, I, data, so there's enough I've said say this uh, quite a bit. There's enough technology out there to cover any requirement, but how, from a a business perspective? So, so you, I think there's two sides, and I'm kind of answering the question I'm asking you myself. So, apologies, but I imagine there's two sides to this data. There's one for you to optimize your business, and the other side is to be able to give the customer data they've never had before but in another way that it's accessible. So before it might've just been on a piece of paper or an Excel spreadsheet, or you emailed them a report to say, we cleaned your facility this many times, whereas they can log into a platform and see all of that data themselves live. They don't, you know, they don't have to bring you up or your team up and say, prove to me you've cleaned my site, they can see it. So how much value do you think that, uh, it might not be monetary value, but like customer satisfaction value, how much value do you think that, this data is starting to add to you and your team and your business and, and the industry? Yes, yeah, so that's a really long-winded question. And well, I, sorry, I'm Australian. No, no you're, I, you're I great. Can, I can talk the ears off a donkey, Jill, so that's that's the problem. <laughs> no, it's, it's a great – I just have so much going on in my mind right now that I can just <laughs> with that. But I, I just – all I want people to think about is when they go into a bathroom – and they shut the door and they see that piece of paper on the back of the door that states when the last person was there cleaning it, they had to sign it and say, yes, I stocked this bathroom and this day, you know, like, let's just get rid of that, eh? <laughs> right? I just want to get rid of that piece of paper. <laughs> so, right. I mean, there's just, where do you go? Up? You just go go up from here, in my opinion. But you're absolutely right, Michael. It, there's so much data out there, Right. And so you have to figure out what the client wants to see. You have to figure out what the cleaner needs to see and what you need to see. And there's all these dashboards, right? You can have a dashboard with 20 things going on. But what is the most important thing, right? Is it important to know that somebody signed that they were in this bathroom cleaning it? No. It's important to know that they cleaned it or they disinfected it or they put toilet paper in the toilet paper dispenser, right? Not that somebody was just in there, right? So how do you take that and, and expand on that to show the evidence-based cleaning of, yes, that was cleaned, or yes, that was um, filled or stocked or yeah. however, just in a bathroom, right? And then you've got the, the trash and then you've got, um, you know, different things in, in a hospital would be a different sector than in a manufacturing facility, right? So there's all kinds of great things. Um, there's all kinds of information that you can give. And, and I think you're absolutely right. It's just figuring out what, because we want that cleaner to do a good job. We want that cleaner to be aware of what's going on in their building and how do they make that, that building cleaner, disinfected? How can they show their client they did that? So that's the hard part. But I, I again, that um, facilities insight, that platform that we're, we're working with is so great that it takes that data and it can show you any graph you want to see. And then you can just kind of plug it in because I think it takes some time, right? First, you've got to have that baseline yeah. and then you can see the value that you're bringing with that building by implementing that data. 
right? You're, you're cutting time. You're providing the evidence-based cleaning. You're providing the dynamic scope of work. Um, so that's where I think that's going to go and that's going to form into more standardized data of, of, of what a building is going to need to output okay. in terms yeah, of data. Like yeah. I think that's what's going to happen. But, <laughs> you know, um, I've also heard there's smart stadiums that they're building right now, right? Where the whole stadium is uh, on an app. So, you know, your seat is, you know, your ticket, everything. When you want to go to the bathroom, uh, it tells you what stall to go to, how to get there. It's a map, right? And I feel like that's going to be the future of, of office buildings as well. Where to park. Um, if you're allergic to food, you know, don't go in this area because there might be some food allergies here. Um, just really informing the person that is a client or an employee in that building so they have a better user experience. That's what I feel like facilities can do. Really make that building a good experience. And we can utilize that with data. Um, so they don't run out of toilet paper and they don't get upset and they don't you know, spill water all over their tie when they're washing their hands because the water is exploding or whatever the situation is, right? That's what I hope the future is, a better user experience for the client, the employee in a building, and they're safer, safer and healthier. Yeah, fair. <laughs> See, I, I told you I had a lot going on. I don't have anything to add to that, Jill. So uh, I, I do have a question. It's not even on here, but it's just something that's popped up in my tiny Australian brain. Is Given you've run that company for so long and you, are, you started off doing pure cleaning services, yeah. What what is some of the funkiest things you've ever had to clean up, or that someone in your company has seen on site? Because I imagine there's probably a few things that have been a bit special. Yeah, that's a really fun question. Thanks for asking. There's been a lot, but something that sticks out in my mind is I have had this friend, and he built this building, and um, we were cleaning it, but it's just under construction. But we'd already gotten the contract, and he had gone to Thailand a lot, and he had a family of elephants. A big elephant, a, a mama elephant, and a baby elephant. And he had to put a crane, take a crane to put those elephants in his building. And then they had to put the glass uh, in on the building. And so we had to go in there and clean the elephants, which was fine. No problem. The crane scratched the elephants. So there's like this big, long white mark and black marks. So we ended up repainting the elephants. Um so that was kind of a funky, funky job. Um, then uh, that, that, that was. <laughs> I was just about to ask. I'm glad you said you had to paint them because I was wondering if they yeah. were real elephants or not. I was about to say, my God, who's got real elephants in a building? That, they've got a bit of money. but No, bronze. They're all bronze. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Bronze elephants put in a building. And um, I was so nervous about those stupid elephants. I couldn't, I couldn't sleep. And then... Um, you know, it's always about C-suites, right? Um, we we had this one, um, I forget what is the story I was going to say, but uh, there's always something around C-suites. I know one time we went into, um, uh, we went into a very high profile office. It was the CEO and we were scheduled to do carpets and it was Saturday morning. We go, our crews go in there to do the carpets and the CEO was in the bathroom. 
<laughs> when he got there. He was so embarrassed. And he came out. He's like, why are you here? What are you doing here? So that, that one was a tough one. You know, communication, right? You just make sure that we all have communication. <laughs> so we laughed. <laughs> I mean, there's a... There's always a funny story with cleaning. <laughs> I imagine a CEO didn't expect to see a whole team of people in his in his in no. his office when he was in the toilet on the weekend, especially. No. <laughs> you know, he probably thought he'd have some peace and quiet, right? <laughs> We're done. <laughs> there we are. So um, anyway, but there's there's always a funny story in cleaning. <laughs> but. There's, 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 uh, Last question that that we have, and this one that came in: how how can how can companies like Cummings help facility managers? So I think we've covered part of this off already, but if some, someone's just asked. So so how does Cummings help facility managers? Yeah, that's really important. A very important question. So our best buildings are the buildings we have a relationship with the facility manager. The best ones, right? We might have a touch base every two weeks. We do a weekly recap. Hey, this is what's going on in our in your building. These are the floors we're attacking. These are the new um, clients that are the new employees that we've hired. Um, you know, these are some problems and challenges that we're seeing. If you could help us with that. That communication is wonderful. And we don't get that a lot. A lot of times we get the, the, the facility managers that are saying, you know what? This is your SOW. Do the work see in six months. So it's that communication that you can build because there's always something going on, right? Especially with COVID, right? And the, the more you can get those lines open, the more transparent you can be, right? And that's what data is offering, transparency. Yes. And yes. so if you could start with just communication, right? And that transparency yes. with communication within a building, you're both going to be successful because the building is going to be happier. And, and us as a facilities management company or a janitor, all we want to do is please people. It's all we want to do. Right. And so if you could tell us what we could do to please you more and if it's, Hey, we don't want to run out of toilet paper ever again. Okay, great. Let's put sensors in there. Right. Let's figure out how we can do that together, but we've got to hear what your pains are. And it might not be toilet paper. It might be, I don't know what it is, you know, the C-suite. Um, yeah. We don't want anybody in there after five o'clock at night. Okay, great. Let's put those those ramifications. Let's put those um, time critics around that that SOW. Right? There's always something that can be improved or can be worked on and um, made better. In my opinion. Um, yeah, so I, I, I I agree, and I think communication is is key. No matter no matter who you are and what business you have, your your customers are your partners. And if right. so, and some people are really proactive. I mean, everyone's got a story about a customer that you know they have that's not the most it's not the most loyal is the wrong word they're not the most communicative and they're hardest to please but generally those people that are hardest to please i've found in the past are the ones that do not communicate with you and they right. expect you to mind read but when something goes wrong they lose their shit part of my language but if they communicated better it works better and and i say this all the time as well everyone we work with customers and or direct partners they are partners they're, they're not you know, we need to hear, as you said, we need to hear what they need us to do better or they've got an idea that we may not have in the platform that we can help them with that will make their life easier. And actually, if it's going to make their life easier, it's probably going to make all of our other customers' lives easier that have the same requirement. Right. So 
I, I think I think that all comes back. And my wife, who doesn't watch these at all, but my wife, if she was watching this, she'd kill me because she says I suck at communicating at home. But, <laughs> but communication is key. So, so yeah. I, Maybe I, take her some flowers tonight, Michael. Tell her we, we talked about her in the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Well, we talked about <laughs> communication, and I'm giving you some flowers to tell you I'll communicate better. So I'm probably a bad customer. No, no, <laughs> no you're not. But it's, in my opinion we all want to make that building run smoother, right? And is the facility director that he wants that too, right? I mean, here's a funny story. We uh, take care of a building and they're the largest provider of lingerie. So I can't, I can't give you guys names, but no, it's not. Uh, there's like a, a V in their, in, in their, first <laughs> it's a lady's name. <laughs> yes. it, it could be the same state that I was born in, in Victoria, in Australia. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, there we like go. That. And they have a lot of uh, workers that are ethnic and they like to go in and clog the toilets so they can wash their feet. Um, <laughs> in the bathroom. So that's been a topic of conversation. Like, how do we make this not happen? Right. And so we've got to figure out, like, how do we put sensors on the toilet so we know when they're leaking or when they're full and they're overflowing? Um, so, you know, every building is different. So you just have to figure out the the things that go on in that building and how you can fix them because nobody knows, right? It's it's I have always said my best cleaners are the cleaners that have been in the building for like 10 years because they know when it rains, what what ceiling is going to leak, they know what's going to happen. They have that history. Now with data, we're able to grab that and I don't need to have that employee that have been that has been in there for 20 years that happens to miss the the day of work after it rains and so nobody knows there's going to be this flood. Yeah. So that's what I think that we have with data. So figuring out what keeps you up at night and then how do you solve that problem? And then communicating it so everybody can understand the answer to that problem. And then facility managers lives are much easier because of that so exactly and they can be happier people yeah <laughs> that's very true <laughs> although some facilities managers i don't know if they're ever happy really but anyway that's another <laughs> but, well thank you for sending in the question that was very nice that's all right jill uh, we haven't got any more and and i do need to jump to something else and i know you do as well so jill thank you very much for joining us this thank is the you. last episode of this season but Jill, this is the one I've been looking forward to. So thank you very much for joining us. You're the uh, best, Michael. Have, thank have, you. have, have, a, have a good day. This is, this is the care. last one that we have for a few weeks. Uh, thank you to everyone who's been on, including you, Jill, and others. And thank you for everyone who's watched and listened and given us feedback. Please do give us feedback, good, bad, and ugly, because we, we want to improve. We want to have people on like Jill who can actually give real information back and and provide insights to people so so thank you everybody and thank you jill uh we're having a break we will come back uh i think it's the end of august slash early september but if you've got any feedback please email ptramble uh, at metricus.io or contact myself or the team jill thank you very much for joining me have a, have a great day yeah. take care everybody thank you take bye. Care. Bye. 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 bye bye